0: Welcome to ben- a okay, Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir
1: Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we are into tier four of the Dunkin' Egg iceberg.
0: Yeah, Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. You know, Jimmy, we're getting closer here to the fu- to the bottom. So today is where we're getting into we actually have two pretty big theories, but in order to sort of break these down, You kind of have to begin addressing other theories right because in order for one thing to be one thing you kind of have to say it can't be this or that so that's what we're getting into today as we continue this iceberg and then uh after the iceberg we'll be diving right back into a storm of swords so i saw some people asking about that over in the facebook group so yeah we will be diving right back into a storm of swords once we finish this iceberg but yeah today jimmy you got the first one here so let's just dive in
1: Alright, let's do it, uh, so Tier 4 begins with Duncan the Tall joins the Night's Watch. Following the events at Summerhall, if Sir Duncan the Tall did survive, it's likely he would need a new purpose in life. The death of many members of the Royal Family, perhaps even to some degree of his involvement, may cause Sir Duncan the Tall the need to flee. As the King's Guard Lord Commander, the safety of the Royal Family is solely on his shoulders. In Game of Thrones, we see King Joffrey Baratheon dismiss Barristan the Bull, Barristan Selmy, the legend. So perhaps Duncan was fearful of being dismissed or fearful of the talk of the citizens of King's Landing after such a tragic event. The text we have for what happened at Summerhall is not complete. As in A World of Ice and Fire, it's described as having an inkblot on it. And author George R.R. R. Martin actually wanted there to be an inkblot on the page, like a literal inkblot. Uh, Because he wasn't ready for that to tell that story yet. So as it stands, we have no actual proof that Sir Duncan the Tall died at Summer Hall. In the mystery night, Egg tells Dunk that he would like to visit the wall someday and see it for himself. Dunk replies, maybe we will. Duncan also thinks uh, perhaps his father could be at the wall. And this could be foreshadowing about his own trip to the wall as well. Egg, he said, didn't you ever think that I might be a bastard? You, sir, that took the boy back. You are not. I might be. I never knew my mother or what became of her. Maybe I was born too big and killed her. Most like she was some whore or tavern girl. You don't find high-born ladies down in Flea Bottom. And if she ever wed my father, well, what became of him then? Dunk did not like to be reminded of his life before Sir Arlan found him. There was a pot shop in King's Landing where I used to sell them rats and cats and pigeons for the brown. The cook always claimed my father was some thief or cut purse. Most like I saw him hanged, he used to tell me, but maybe they just sent him to the wall. When I was squiring for Sir Arlen, I would ask him if we couldn't go up that way someday to take service at Winterfell or some other northern castle. I had this notion that if I could only reach the wall, might be I'd come on some old man, a real tall man, who looked like me And that quote is all from the sworn sword. And, uh, you know, whenever we're at the wall in the main five, we see uh, a quite a large person up there. Right. I'm thinking small Paul, Matt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about it last time. Hodor as well. So that also we know that we know that Duncan does go to the wall at some point. He or at least certainly goes to Winterfell. That's one of the planned books. And of course, you know, it hasn't been confirmed that Hodor is a descendant, but it's very likely the only known descendant we have is Bran of Tarth, but Hodor is one of those ones where it's, it's pretty likely. We talked about that last time as well. So that could also add into this equation. If Duncan goes to the North and he sees the wall, maybe at this point, if you remember the wall, isn't as bad as it is in the main series when John gets there, like mm-hmm. there's still some honor amongst the people up there. Right. And Duncan would be going after blood Raven has already gone up to the wall. And you know, so would have been Lord Commander for a little bit or is Lord Commander. I have to look at the exact timeline to see when that takes place. Uh, it certainly takes place. Summer Hall takes place after um, Blood Raven, I do know that has, has gone missing. So regardless, you know, it still might be, there. still might be a little nobility there. And might be a little bit of honor and things, and it's not as decrepit as it is, as we see in the main series. So if Duncan the tall does survive Summer Hall, he could think, you know, I've been to the wall and it's not as bad maybe as I think. And that would be another thing. And we could get foreshadowing in that tale. If we do ever get it.
1: Yeah. And certainly, there's a chance that maybe Sir Duncan makes some sort of move. Uh, let's just suppose that egg goes mad and that this whole hatching thing is a complete disaster. And maybe there is a chance that dunk takes some brave maneuvers at summer hall that ends up, uh, looking poorly on his position uh, where he's at in the King's Guard, right? So he didn't do his duty, therefore he must be punished. I think there's probably going to be a lot of sympathy for Duncan's position of whatever happens at Summer Summerhall, no matter what the outcome is. And because of that, I could see the fact that Sir Duncan gets a, instead of being put to death or anything like that, is sent to the wall. And you're right, the wall does have actual uh, a little bit of prestige still, a little bit of honor up there at this point in the story. And uh, it's certainly trending downwards, but still, I, the biggest thing for me is the fact that Blood Raven's up there. And, uh, you know, obviously, I think the next theory on this iceberg kind of lends itself to this one, uh, which is why I don't think this is as far-fetched as I once did. Uh, I was pretty sure that Duncan would lose his life at Summer Hall, but there's a part of me that wonders if losing a life at summer hall, isn't more of a figurative thing where the life that he knew and had built for himself as being an actual studious night. Um, it all comes to an end there. And then he becomes something different once he goes a night's watch and then maybe even something different
0: from there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll dive more into that when we hit the cold hands, Uh, in the next, in the next theory about this, but just on the idea, because it is possible and we'll, dive more into this in the next theory as well but it's entirely possible that duncan could go to the wall after summerhall and not become cold hands right because there's other theories about who cold hands is or mm-hmm. is or isn't so really in order to kind of break this down you have to one think did he survive summerhall did is it possible that he that he actually did did survive summerhall yeah, it
1: feels like such a George thing to kill him at Summerhall, <laughs> to be honest. Right. Um, so I I would not be surprised. But if there was ever a conspiracy theory that I could get behind whenever we come, we talk about Night of the Seven Kingdoms or Dunkin' Egg as a whole. Uh, for me, it would be that Dunk survived Summerhall. I, I feel like that is the most likely of the conspiracy theories. And we're pretty far down on the iceberg. So we're going to see some more and more wacky things as we go down. But I would say that this surely has to be one of the more realistic
0: ones. Is that Dunk did survive Summerhall and then went and joined the Night's Watch?
1: Yes, I could
0: definitely see
1: it. And, and also, I don't think Dunk is completely off here. I imagine his father most likely did end up at the wall if he was born in Flea Bottom because things kind of uh, run unhinged down there. And who knows? I mean, there's a lot of theories about who Dunk's dad is because it is a question. Uh, I don't know if we're ever meant to find it out, but one of the more likely scenarios would probably be that he was sent to the Wall.
0: Well, that could be something that we see too, is if we do ever get that story, the Duncan and Egg going north. Now, we don't know that they actually go to the Wall. It's called like the She-Wolves of Winterfell. So we know they certainly get as far as Winterfell. Mm -hmm. But we don't know for certain whether or not they go to the Wall itself. You would have to sort of imagine that they would. That they would that yeah. they would go that they would go to the wall. So if they're if they're that close to it, so you know it's possible we could that Duncan could go to the wall and meet someone that is you know some big old man that could like and then it could just be alluded to that it's perhaps Dunk's father, which is sort of something that George R. R. Martin would do in his writing, give you this sort of theory or confirmation of this theory without ever actually saying this is true that's how he seems to do a lot of theories and 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 in his books yeah
1: absolutely and there's a lot of planned novellas right and he's talked a lot about the other things that he would like to write and i would even say even beyond just the winterfell ones that i think you could have a total standalone uh one right with with just them at the wall
0: for sure so yeah now do you think it's possible now do you think it, and and we'll get we'll dive into the cold hands theory next, because that is the next one on the list. But do you think it's possible that he goes to the wall, but he does not become cold hands?
1: Oh, yeah,
0: but I'm pretty and then just and then just lives his life out at the wall.
1: Yeah, I think it's
0: possible,
1: um, you know, does <sighs> there's a specific piece of the cold hands theory that makes me feel like it is dunk uh so i am actually a pretty big believer of not only that he survived this whole tier i I actually kind of believe in right now and i say Mm -hmm. right now because i flip constantly on these things but i i think if he's at the wall he's most likely cold hands could he not be yeah but i would almost rather him die at summer hall than just live out his time at the wall i think i also feel like there would be more stories about dunk at the wall like i feel like Jon snow would have heard more about it being up there, right?
0: Well, the whole deal is, is perhaps people don't know. I, I mean, I, he's, he, I don't, if he goes to the wall, he's not going to the wall as Sir Duncan, the tall, he's just going as some guy, some giant guy. I mean, and,
1: and to be fair in Westeros, uh, people who we find to be notable doesn't really mean anything to anyone because most people don't travel outside of their village. Uh, like for instance, whenever, uh, some of the peasants come to beg in front of King Robert, they literally think Ned is King Robert because they've never seen the King, uh, which, in a feudal system actually is very fair. was fairly common. So it is plausible that Dunk could go to the wall and no one know who he
0: is. Right. And I know sometimes we look at the map of Westeros and we think, Oh, it's like supposed to be the size of England. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that it is like, it, it might be on then. the map. Yeah. there, they're really, I know people and people have done maps and they've released official maps and things like that, but there really is no sort of, this is like exactly how far away this is or, you know, like Westeros in theory could be, you know, it could be like the size of the United States or something. Like, I mean, and even
1: if it's not, I mean, walking across England's not easy. (laughs) It's not, it's not right. Right. Especially for the majority of people who, who have to take care of their homestead and their livestock or, or whatever they do for a profession. This isn't one of those things where it's like, I'm going on PTO for a little bit. I'll be back in two weeks. Uh, you know, you're going to come back and possibly depending on where you live at, your house might be gone. So it, it's not unheard of uh, for people not to recognize people of importance. Now, I will say this. That means that Dunk most likely doesn't go to the wall in the stories uh, because then there would be people who would probably still be there that would recognize him from visiting with Egg. So if if that is the case and he is, you know not Sir Dunk whenever he lands at the wall, then I would say that we most likely don't see them visit there during the novellas.
0: Okay. So you, you don't think that if, if he does go to the wall after Summerhall, you don't think he goes
1: to the wall. <laughs> uh, well, he can, but he would be dunk the tall.
0: Everyone would know, Hey, dunk the tall is at the wall. Um, well, I guess you have to, you have to think about, you have to, so if they go to the wall next, mm-hmm. you know, they're at, they're just South of Winterfell now at the white walls. If they go to Winterfell next, it's still going to be a while before Agus crowned king, and then you've got all those years. So it might still be like 20 years or so. There could be. I, I, I just assume there'd be some kind of <clears throat> layer No, there would also. certainly probably be somebody. Amen. Aemon, would, Aemon would, Aemon would have would to remember know. Dunk.
1: And, and Eamon does talk about Dunk, I believe, in the main series. So and, and he doesn't ever recall him being a part of the Night's Watch, which is a little weird. I feel like Aemon. Was well, there. unless unless he unless he,
0: unless he was keeping it a secret, yes. yes, which is possible.
1: Maybe we should pay attention and feast uh, to Eamon's little fever dream visions. He has. We know he talks about Danny and and uh, Egg. So maybe he's. I mean, he he. Courter.
0: I mean, because to be fair, when John gets up there, like nobody even remembers that he's Aemon Targaryen. Yeah, that is true. No one really. Yeah, I mean, his like it's sort of revealed to John that. Oh my God! Wait, you're a Targaryen. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess
1: one of the things about the Night's Watch is that, you know, you're you're a crow now and you're kind of blended. It's a little bit like, you know, Arya Stark going into the House of Black and White in the fact that you become something bigger than yourself and the past lives are kind of forgotten. And, you, you know, you're a part of this duty in the service because, I mean, Alistair Thorne, Alistair Thorne is someone who should be very recognizable and talked about what with and, and they do eventually talk about, you know, what his past was. But it's not
0: like they talk about it every single day right it's cold it's way out of the, it's way it's not only i mean it's north of winterfell and actually if you look at the maps it does look like a little kind of far away from winterfell I oh mean, it, still... it definitely is it definitely is but also on
1: top of that i think when you join the join the night's watch you're like your past life's kind of dead like i don't think anyone cares yeah. about who you were prior
0: really yeah and i think you could go into there because you that would also tie into a lot of the you know if they are true the theories about you know all of the people that are, could potentially be up there and be secret, like Mance Raider and Arthur Dane being core in half hand, and you know, any of those certainly any of the or even Mance Raider being core in half hand, right? Uh, or be, Mance Raider being Arthur Dane. I mean, any of those theories, you know, could be true because you just go up there and people just don't know who you are. Or, yeah. And if you go north of the care. wall, then, you know, good luck, right? And you would have to imagine that when Dunk goes up there the first time. He's going to be wearing, you know, decent. Well, I don't know. He's still a hedge knight. Who knows what he's going to be wearing? And then okay. if he shows up again, he could be disfigured, too, from Summerhall. Yeah. He could be burned. He could be burned. I mean, he could be missing limbs. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Very so very All right. Well, we're going to kind of stay on this topic. We're going to jump into the next one because this next one is going to require quite a bit of breaking down. So yeah. this kind of continues on to that theory. And really, what's sort of a next step. I didn't want to put it in the next tier because I think it still fits in this tier on the iceberg. But I think it just is sort of the next step of this theory, which is, is Sir Duncan the Tall cold hands? The majority of this theory also depends on Sir Duncan the Tall actually surviving Summerhall and going to the Night's Watch. If so, it's possible that not only did he end up at the Wall, but later becomes a servant to the Three-Eyed Crow. In Brand, 2 of A Dance with Dragons, a monster, Brand said, the ranger looked at Brand as if the rest of them did not ex- exist. Your monster, Brandon Stark, yours, the raven echoed from his shoulder. Outside the door, the ravens in the trees took up the cry until the nightwood echoed to the murderer's song of yours, yours, yours. Jojen, did you dream this? Mira asked her brother. Who is he? What is he? What do we do now? We go with the ranger, said Jojen. We have come too far to turn back now, Mira. We would never make it to the wall. We would never make it back to the wall alive. We go with Bran's monster or we die now uh, a friend, right? So I surmise, he showed the ring to Maester Lothar who delivered him to Butterwell, with no doubt uh, pissed his britches at the sight of it and started wondering if he had chosen the wrong side and how much Blood Raven knows of this conspiracy. The answer to that last to the last is quite a lot, Plum chuckled. Who are you? A friend, said Maynard Plum, one who has been watching you and wondering at your presence in this nest of adders. And that's from the mystery night. And remember, Maynard Plum is also pretty much Blood Raven, as we talked about already in in, in that theory. But not everyone knows that. It's more like the reader knows that. Mira's uh, gloved hand tightened around the shaft of her frog spear. Who sent you? Who is this three eyed crow? A friend, a dreamer, a wizard. Call him what you will, the last green seer. The long hall's wooden door banged open. Outside, the night wind howled, bleak and black. The trees were full of ravens, screaming. Cold hands did not move. Now, another little passage here from the Sworn Sword, like the idea of dignity. He was making a hole, a grave, he thought, a grave for hope. A trio of Dornish knights stood watching, making mock of him in quiet voices. Further off, the merchants waited until their mules and wains and sand sledges. They wanted to be off, but he could not leave until he'd, been, until he'd buried Chestnut. He would not leave until his old friend to the snakes and scorpions. He would not leave his old friend to the snakes and scorpions and sand dogs. Chestnut, Dunk thought, digging his name was Chestnut. And he bore me on his back for years and never bucked or bit. It had, And then back to brand two here. It had been 12 days since the elk had collapsed for the third and final time, since cold hands had knelt beside it in the snowbank and murmured a, blessed, a blessing, some strange tongue as if as he slit its throat. Bran never felt more like crippled than he did then. Watching helplessly as Mira Reed and Coldhands butchered the brave beast who had carried them so far. He told himself he would not eat. That it would be better to go hungry than to feast upon a friend. And then finally, who is the three-eyed crow? And Coldhands says a friend. So that's just some of the you know, passages and things like that, that surround Duncan, the tall and cold hands. And there is a lot of similarities between them. Oh, I, for me, this is about as George R.
1: R. Martin as it gets here. Um, one, the burying, uh, and remember when these books come out, right. We, we always talk about that. Um, the elk being buried as uh, you know, in the prior Duncan egg novella, we see that chestnuts being buried. And we see a bit of respect to, to the animal, same way we're seeing it with the elk here, which is a loose association. That's not unheard of from someone to, to be appreciative of their mount. However, the Mystery Night, which is the final novella that we've had so far, which was published around the time of A Dance with Dragons, whenever uh, Maynard Frem says that he's a, uh, Maynard Plum, who's Blood Raven, says he's a friend to Dunk. And then we see in a dance of dragons cold hands answer. Who is the three eyed girl. He answers it with a friend that is that's, that's classic a song of ice and fire. Like there's just no way cold hands is dunk to me personally. I I mean, that is like in my head, that is my Canon and it makes so much sense too, because you know, a monster and, and, and also just a little bit of kind of mind blowing stuff here is brand says a monster. And the ranger looked at Bran as if the rest of them did not exist. Your monster, Brandon Stark. So, first off, the whole Brandon Stark thing's really, really interesting for multiple reasons because we know that there's been Brandon in the builder and all this stuff. But uh, he's saying your monster because in the future, the three eyed crow or blood, what Blood Raven is now, the three eyed crow will be Bran. So, in a way, Cold Hands is then going to be Bran's as well. So, we get into this like, The three eyed crow is is a bunch of people, but maybe one entity and cold hands somehow is, it seems to be controlled or ordered by the three eyed crow, which at this point in the story is blood raven. Uh, We have asked the question time and time again, how did blood raven get there? How did blood raven become the three eyed crow? And now the more extended question, if you do believe Sir Duncan is
0: cold hands is how did that happen? Yeah. Well, you know, it could be also the idea of yours could be, it could be out of your creation and Hmm. one of, and somebody trying to influence the past as well. The Mad King going mad might be because of Bran or Bloodraven or another future three eyed crow slash Raven, right? It could be any number of those things. It could be yours, as you said, because now he will be in possession of him later as well. But what's to say that Blood Raven isn't the one that's influencing the events at Summerhall, telling telling Egg, hey, I think we could I think we could use the use dragon eggs. I mean who's and, to say, and try to bring them back?
1: Uh, who's to say that the 3 I crow during summer hall is not the one whispering to Egg to get this to happen. That is the catalyst that sends Dunk to the wall to then become cold hands to then escort Bran, who has a very important role to play. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, like the dominoes just kind of fall uh, whenever you start thinking like this. And it is, uh, it's mind-boggling stuff. There's a lot of alternate timelines and time travel stuff in fantasy and sci-fi, and people have done it in a million different ways. But uh, the way that it's done here, especially with the entity of the three eyed crow. And then you throw in something like cold hands. It's really, uh, it's a trip, man.
0: Yeah. You know, I will say just real quick here. I sort of thought for, you know, obviously like two weeks and I still thought that this could, I still think this could be something that happens is like a reset. I've often thought that it's possible that, brand could just sort of do a reset and then that's how like the story ends or does something i sort of was thinking you know just when we were watching season eight when it first came out and you know who knows what's going to happen we're all still in that like first episode mindset i thought that there was a there was a there's a scene i think it's in the first episode where bran is talking to john for the first time and remember it's right when like john or maybe it's like in episode two, but they're in like the, they're in like the, by the weirwood tree and everything. I sort of thought that the the moment where like John decides to tell Sansa and Arya and everything that he is, you know, the son of Rhaegar Targaryen. And like, he has to make that decision right after Danny, you know, says like, Hey, please don't do this. I was kind of thinking like Bran was going to like reset like to that moment. And John was not going to tell them. And then that was going to like fix everything. Well, I, you know, I mean, so but, like yeah a, that's it. That was like an in the moment. Yeah. And I still think that it's possible that something like that does happen in the, in the books. It's kind of hard because it's like, man, you don't want to go like too deep into time travel. And it does, I don't think that George is going to. I think George could. I think George could. He, but he could. George is a sci-fi
1: guy. He's a sci-fi guy, and he also loves Roger Zelazny. Was Zelazny also plays with timelines in the uh, Chronicles of Amber series back from the '60s and '70s? So it is certainly possible that that he was going to go hard into time travel. Now, is he still going to do it? Who knows? Uh, we do know that Bran being king was his idea. Uh, that was one of his endpoints. I think Dan and Dave did a very roundabout job of getting there and d- did a poor job, but <laughs> George could still do a lot. The, the thing, man, I'm actually kind of curious what you think about this. So I'm, I'm around readers a lot. Cause I do my book review channel. A lot of people who just read a song of ice and fire once, and, and they're not as, you know, and put it down. As we are uh, a lot of them dislike brand chapters. And to me, I have always thought brand chapters yeah. were the most fascinating um, yeah. not just because it's a difficult, it's a different, a difficult character to write, but because really through him is where you're getting all the lore and a dance of dragons. I think his chapters are phenomenal. Um, you know, we're Jojen pace, the whole, the whole thing kind of builds around that. So did, did you like, do you like, do you enjoy
0: brand chapters? Oh, ab- Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Cool. Brand. Okay. Yeah. Brand to me is by far one of the best, if not the best, probably maybe outside of Daenerys, um, brand is probably the best POV read. And I've taught, talk, we've talked about this too. Remember when we were, remember when I was doing the statistical breakdowns and I'm still need to, I need to get back to those cause I was working on those. But uh, we talked about like how many times brand John Snow is mentioned in brand chapters. And I have the math and it's like 70%, 60% or something like that. Yeah. Like it's kind of wild. It's Very pretty, cr- it's pretty crazy uh, at, at that level. Cause I, you know, when we were doing that, we did that. That was a Patreon and Apple premium episode we did where I broke down the statistics on that. And, you know, I thought it would be Aria because I was just thinking every time she grabs Needle, she's going to think Jon Snow. And so every time Jon is mentioned in a chapter, you know, Sam actually ended up being number one, but that makes sense because Sam is close proximity and there's only 10 Sam chapters. So, but there's a lot of brand chapters, brands in almost every book. And Jon Snow's mentioned in almost 70, you know, si- high six, around that 65, mid 60, something like that, 70% of every Bran chapter Jon Snow is mentioned like that's that's, kind of wild. And that shows you just how important Bran is as like the center figure.
1: And he's tied to Jon inevitably. Right. And I also think that this is why, like whenever I talk about the timeline stuff and I'm like, well, maybe he was whispering to egg and then the mad King. I think literally a lot of it is probably putting the chess pieces in place to have Jon arrive when he does as a Targaryen, as uh, you know, the song of ice and fire and to and to beat the Night King like I, I that, that's in my head. That is the timeline manipulation that is going to lead. It, it's all about unlike the show. It's all about the White Walkers. It's all about um, beating this force, this this uh, ex- existential threat and John and Danny probably being the most important thing. One thing that I do think is interesting and I've never really thought about this before. But me and you have talked a lot about how we feel like Daenerys is an extremely important part of defeating the White Walkers. And we think that she'll most likely go down as a, um, you know, probably a sacrifice of some sorts to beat the White Walkers. And she'll never get the due that she's deserved, right? She's never going to get the recognition because maybe people choose young Griff over her at one point or something like that. I see her story being bittersweet in a different way in the books, but you know, for that to happen and for her to be such a mainstay and a main character, do you feel like Bran is interacting with her at all? Like, could we maybe extend the fact that Quaithe is a bit of a cold hands
0: for Daenerys? I don't think so. Only okay. because I think that the three eyed crow. You know, and then the show, three eyed raven is limited to the weirwood you know we call it the near weirwood network right i mean obviously i think they can do stuff outside of weirwoods but i think it's a pretty centralized westeros power Um, see but we also don't know if there are if there aren't weirwood trees outside of westeros that's true and and we also only assume the weirwoods could be some in a shy
1: i mean there's something going on down in the shy right and right i'm under the assumption that all the magic and all the gods are really one thing interpreted differently and everyone gets a little piece of it right and for me maybe the coolest thing that george could do with this is that daenerys was unexpected in the timeline that she is like this unseen x factor because no one would have ever bet on a lost targaryen in the dothraki sea hatching drag you know what i mean like Right. Maybe she was something that was like, we didn't expect her in the algorithm or something like that. That would be cool. I don't know how you justify it. Uh, that's not my job. But I would like to maybe see that explored. I think that would be kind of cool to her, to her to be this like almost unexpected weapon against the white walkers. Uh, but, the logical side of my brain says if Bran is interacting with all this stuff yeah. and all the timelines that he should be able to expect Daenerys. And I would like to know if he is ever at all in these books, somewhat influencing these things. I mean, Quaithe is the only thing I can think of the, where we could be like, this is kind of weird. Also, you know, the warlock stuff is magic from what we can tell in these visions. Um, but I guess those stem more from green dream or dragon dreams, as we call them with the Targaryen. So it's hard to say can can the three-eyed crow influence those dreams i doubt it i don't think they can but maybe
0: yeah and it's still, a lot of it still comes down to and you know we can also, and also tying this back into cold hands too by the way is like cold hands is a very interesting character because he's one of the he's an he's a resurrected perhaps character if it is sir duncan the tall that is never explained in the show and never really explained in the books exactly how that. I mean, we ha- we know how the like the the White Walkers or the others, they turn normal people, normal dead people. They turn into whites, which is like, you know, W.A.G.H.T.S. That's like they zombie, essentially. Yeah. Now the show with the baby where he grabs it and the eyes turn blue you know, we know they're, they're taking Craster's babies. I would have to imagine that they are turning those into white walkers is even though we don't really see it um, just because we did get that a little, little, allude to it in the show, you know, could not be the case. We don't know what they're doing with the male babies, but I would imagine that that is how they create more white walkers is by sort of live people that, and maybe it doesn't have to be babies I don't really know. You know, we don't know. We don't know how more white walkers are created. In the books, White Walkers are kind of different. But so we see that. Then we have on the other side we see relore. We know how relore works, right? It's like fire, and you get so many lives, and you can come back a handful of times. We see that resurrection with Beric and Darian and with Catelyn Stark. But Cold Hands, if it is Sir Duncan the Tall, that resurrection is never explained. Is he dead? is he half alive? You know, Bloodraven is is in the tree and like lingering on as long as he can, but Coldhands appears to be some other kind of magic. Is that something that only the three-eyed crow can do? Is that something only the children of fo- the forest can do? Or is I would ha- I mean, because it's never it's 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 its own type of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, resurrection in Westeros and Plantos as a whole is very Murky. Like, we don't even really understand Lady Stoneheart and Barrack Dondarian. And like, we get a little bit of an explanation, but even the characters using it don't necessarily, I think, know how it works. But mm-hmm. Cold Hands certainly feels like some sort of exception or thing we haven't seen before. And right. is there something that dictates between being a white or a walker to, to something like Cold Hands or something like Lady
0: Stoneheart? Um, I, I, well, because Lady Stoneheart also feels different than Barrett and Darien. Certainly. Yeah. Right. Barrickton Darian. Remember in the now show Barrett and Darian totally different because he goes on until like the very end. That's not the case in the books. You know, but even what we see of Barrett and Darian in the show or in the books, he's described as being resurrected a bunch of times because it keeps talking about how the how the the mountain keeps defeating him and he keeps coming back is sort of the way we hear about all of his him coming back to life. And then we know ladies lady stoneheart catelyn stark tully is turned into lady stoneheart but she's something like really evil but so do you change in death too Is that, your intention that,
1: that's... in death and like why you're sticking around like maybe cold hands right. just wants to help blood raven for you know whatever reason i mean there's a lot of question marks here for sure um and I think there's a lot of parallels like I like I like dunk for cold hands. We know it's not Benjin, by the way. A lot of people say, guys, it's obviously right. It's not. Benjen. Yeah. And,
0: and and we need that. We'll, we'll dive into that here, too, because we do also need to sort of explain like the Benjen side of this to then yeah. also. Yeah. But no, you keep going. Sorry. Just what you're saying.
1: Well, I was going to say the only thing that does make me feel a little bit suspect that it would be dunk is that leaf says that cold hands has been there for a long time and the a long time to the children of the forest is (laughs) a little bit different than just maybe 120 years and whatever else right it is means a long time and i would say if there's anything that crumbles this uh this theory it's leaf's uh take on that cold hand has been there for a very long time that it's somebody older than dunk I'm saying I'm thinking it would be someone from the age of heroes, possibly like I'm talking way far back. And then just saying, if that's true, then there probably was a three eyed crow before Blood Raven. You know what I mean? Like, how far do right. we go?
0: Right. And, you know, with that, too, does the three eyed crow have to have to stay with that? Like, is it that weirwood tree? Is it that cave yeah. Or is it any or is it any weirdwood tree? Because was, that opens up the Isle of Faces as a potential place for another Three-Eyed Crow or Three-Eyed Raven to
1: to be. I just need to know why they're picked because it would be easy to say Br- if it was Bran the Builder, you could say, okay, he's reincarnated as Bran, Bran Stark. Easy. But like <laughs> Blood Raven doesn't fit that. That like, you know, not the family tree. Name's not, Br- well, Brendan Rivers, I guess. Like if you're a br, you better watch out. You might get stuck in the weirwood. It might happen, I yeah. guess, in Westeros. But I, I do feel a little bit of me that tugs back on the tinfoil a little bit and says, "This is someone from way, way long ago."
0: Right. Yeah. Now the long the to me that the comment that it, they they've been here for a long time. To me, the way I interpret that is, it certainly cancels out Benjen. George Martin has also said that it's not Benjen.
1: Yeah.
0: But I've always still interpreted that as I still like the idea that it could be Benjen. Because then it's kind of cool because then it's like now it's explained why Benjen's missing. And he's helping out Bran. So I've still, and it's like it's a ranger, you know. So like I've Mm -hmm. always liked the idea of it being Benjen. Now the show, the the show did of course just make it Benjen. But
1: George, specifically in red ink, when his editor asked him, he said, not Benjen.
0: Right. Not Benjen. So to me, the idea that it's a long time ago could be it's been a long time for you, which uh, to me eliminates Benjen, opens the possibility for Dunk. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it could still be somebody even older than Dunk. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're going by like the Children of the Forest's life expectancy, then we're talking like <laughs> forever. Right, then we we're talking about like, like 10,
1: nice if we want to get some candidates, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about Benjen here too, is in order for this to not be Benjen, because I think Benjen, even though it seems somewhat obvious that George Martin is saying it's not, I think, I still feel like Benjen is kind of The main go to for most people, assuming that that's who Cold Hands is. And then, of course, we did get the, you know, they did go that route in the show. So, if for Benjamin Stark to not be Cold Hands, where is he? And what is he doing? I think he might just be
1: dead. I know that. And it's just going to be this,
0: like, just lost
1: character. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel that way, honestly. Is that Benjin's just lost and gone? I think he might just be gone, man. Uh, Because so here's the thing. He could pop up, but I don't even understand. So so the wildlings are coming south, right?
0: The wildlings are already in in, at the wall.
1: Yeah. So like, are we really going to see Benjin again? Like he would have had to hard home. Hard home is possible. Um I don't know. Uh, maybe he shows up whenever he finds out John has been killed. I I don't think that that's very likely either. Uh, I just don't have a good feeling for Benjamin. I feel like Benjamin might have just been a character we met and we lost like fairly quickly. Um, I don't that that seems like a less interesting answer, but there will have to be some anticlimactic things in the series, right? Like there are some things that are just going to be written like that. So to me, I've always just thought Benjen's like I feel like God. that's one of those open mysteries. Like we can pretend he's still alive, or we can say he's dead. It doesn't really matter. I don't think that he has a role to play in the series. Uh, the only, yeah, all right, you want a crackpot theory? Go yeah, go ahead. He's this hanging is out tier four. Hall. He's hanging out with Hal and Reed.
0: You think so? You think he you goes don't. missing at the wall think and then so, goes? But if I have oh, to, okay.
1: if I have to pick something for him to do, I want him to show up with Hal and Reed.
0: Okay. Yeah, see, the only, I think, we, I think we're going to see him again and he's going to be alive because the, like, take some of these other characters, right? There's a lot of characters like Tyreek Lannister and, mm-hmm. you know, some of these, some of these characters who you only ever hear and, in and, and mention and they're lost. Yeah. Benjen we see, and it's a pretty big part of the story that, like, I mean, Jor Mormont sends the entire night's watch out to be like, we're going to go find Benjen Stark. I mean, at the end end of the book, they're like, we're going to go find Benjamin. We're going to go check on Mance Raider too. We're not going to sit idly here and wait, but we're going to go find him and see what happens. And, you know, they all go up. I mean, then, you know, all chaos ensues essentially because of it. But I mean, it's a pretty big part of the story. And yeah, it's still, there's still that it's, it's easy for us to look at the thing because one, we've had confirmation from the show. And two, it's the single most likely theory that exists is R plus L equals J. Is you know, we'll talk about your mother when I see you next. He dies. So the only other person that could potentially tell John at up there is Benjamin Stark. Yeah. That's that could that is that could potentially be Benjamin's role. And there's the daggers that they find. Oh, at yeah. The fist of, at the fist of the first man, which those
1: were definitely planted by Benjamin, I think. Yeah. But is it possible Benjamin just fell after that? I mean, what, what I guess I guess another example of a character that seemed very important was Corn Halfhand. And then he he died, <laughs> but he did die
0: on page. So there is a big he, difference in yeah. a fantasy book whenever someone dies on page, just whenever there's nobody, He dies on page and he fulfills a pretty significant role. Yeah. in that he he's the one that he sacrifices himself for John to go deal with the wildlings I mean Corin Corin's role yeah. was small we he was just a cool character who we wanted to know more about but he did fill a pretty specific role whereas Benjamin's role hasn't been filled yet so yeah. that's that to me is still the is like the one little crack in the armor that even even though George has said like all these things, I've always interpreted it as George saying, Well, no, Benjamin isn't Cold Hands because you know, like Cold Hands isn't Benjen. Cold hands is this new entity that is now that is no longer Benjamin Stark, right? It's not it's kind of like how okay, Blood I'm Raven is it's not really Blood Raven anymore, it's the three eyed Raven. Like you think it's he's like Lady like cat- Lady Stoneheart isn't Catelyn Tully. Like yeah. Lady Stoneheart is Lady Stoneheart. It's an, it, even though it's the same person, it's not like they've transformed into this new thing.
1: I see what you're saying. My only reason why I push back on it just a little bit is because this wasn't at a fan expo where that's like a really cheeky answer. It was to his right. editor and in the margins of the book during the editing process where like, and, and George is very good friends with his editor. It's the same editor actually works for Robin right. Hobb, and I don't think he would be cheeky with her, but maybe he, maybe he would, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe George is, you know, that way with everyone, but I, I do I, I like what you're saying, uh, because I think that that is actually true in, in a sense. If if it is Benjin, it's really not Benjin. It's something of a mix of something part way. Um, if you want another tinfoil theory, um, folks, if you want to, that's buck, why we're here. If you want to buckle up here on on the tier four of the iceberg where we've went all the way into Benjin somehow. Uh, what if when we go get Rickon from Skagos, he's hanging out with Uncle Benjin?
0: Now, that could be the is off
1: the off the coast. Now, how does Benchen get to Skagos? I don't guys. I don't know. I don't have to fill in that blank with just shouting things out on a podcast. But
0: geographically, they're kind of close. You do have to cross a lot of water, but it's right there. You do. North. You do. But it's kind of considered like half wildling, although it's still in the realm now that, that now. OK, so that because you know we're exploring this theory in its entirety so in order again for it because cold hands for cold hands to be dunk it can't be benjin so like we have to kind of figure out something for benjin to be doing other than being cold hands in order or being like or being dead now that could work for benjin because skagos is over there and if he's so it's is it a storm of swords no, or it's a clash of is it a storm of swords or a clash of kings? It's a clash of kings where the fist of the first men, where they find where they find the yeah. dragon glass. Yes, yeah, yeah. clash of kings. So Benjen has been missing. They go searching for him. He finds this dragon glass and somehow survives. It seems like he's probably fight fought some White Walkers or some others or some whites right at some point in order to be like, hey, the the Rangers are going to come here. At this point, the st- it is possible, I guess, that the news of Bran and Rickon is made its way. And somehow he's learned that, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think, but like Mance Raider knows all kinds of stuff that's like happened, like from scaling the wall a couple times and things like that. So it's entirely possible. Who knows how, like how news travels up there, but clearly it does to some degree that people like know what hat, what's going on in the world. So that he could somehow learn that that, you know, that that is the case, I guess. And then decide, well, I'm going to go to Skagos because that's where Rickon is. I mean, that's that's the only that's the only explanation I can think of for that.
1: Yeah. And and just looking at the uh, geography of this, Fist of the First Men is kind of between the haunted, like on the edge of the haunted forest and then Frostfangs. You would have to get all the way through um, the haunted forest, which you would pass Craster's Keep. Um, to then get into the Bay of Seals or the Shivering Sea and then cross over to Skagos, which you could land at Skane or, or one of those right. other places. So it's not entirely impossible to think that maybe he had ended up there. Now, again, how the hell does he get over? Who knows? Uh, you know, um, do I actually think he's on Skagos? No, probably not. Uh, right. But wouldn't it be cool if it, like you just come back and it's like Halen, Rickon, and Benjen, and Davos is like, I got the boys. <laughs> I'm just a Hal Reed fan in general. Uh yeah. so I just want him to matter in the story. But um yeah, I I would say that based on what we know about the story, that Benjamin probably needs to have something to do. But I also don't know Don't if think it's cold ever... hands. Yeah, I don't think it's cold hands, but I also don't know if we'll ever get any confirmation of who cold hands is. I think this might remain. mystery similar to if hodor is actually dunks uh relative i think that those are questions that don't have to be answered and we may always speculate on uh cold hands because if you think about what cold hands is in westeros like if bran and and the reeds were to go back and tell this story and sam tarley was to tell the story of cold hands it would then be passed down in stories similar to what old nan does where it becomes almost like lore and myth in the world, and I don't think that George has to answer those questions because then it just becomes part of this, of of like the folklore of Westeros. Us as the reader, we're privileged enough to be there in the moment, meeting Cold Hands, to know that it's real. But no one, no one's ever going to believe Tarly or
0: the Reeds or anyone that they saw Cold Hands. Right. Now, do you think Cold Hands? So assuming that it is – let's assume for a second that it is Dunk. dunk, Uh, Because that's why we're here, right, in this theory on the the thing, on the iceberg. So he says – when he's describing the last Green Seer or Three-Eyed Crow, he says, a friend, dreamer, wizard, call him what you will, the last Green Seer. Is – and then he says, like, I'm your monster, right, Bran? Is Mm -hmm. he – is he a servant? Is he is he bound that's, to the three-eyed like. or is he his own entity, and he views him as a friend, or is it just because he's like lingering to memories and that's what comes up? I think. But Duncan, the first thing is friend, not you know, not that he's the last green seer. He's a he's a dreamer. or he says a friend first. I feel like he might be trying to make up
1: if, if we're assuming it's done- we, he might be trying to make up for his failure of protecting egg, a Targaryen by then going and maybe the person who's looked out for him the most from the shadows being blood Raven, calling him a friend. This is the tying tying of the knot. And maybe this is cold hands oath after death is, is to pledge to another Targaryen and something that's much larger uh, than petty fights over the throne. And maybe Dunk gets a taste of this, of the prophecy of Aegon or something with Summerhall. I think Summerhall is probably going to change the way Dunk looks at the world, uh, whether or not he dies there. So big things happen at Summerhall. There has to be a lot of information being passed around. And the fact that Rhaegar is born there, I mean, it's just a ripple effect.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, guys, next week we will be back with tier five. And this is like the craziest of crazy theories that we could put together. (laughs) Uh, and you know, it's gonna get real, it's gonna get real insane. The one Jimmy's got on here is like I don't (laughs) need it's 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 absurd. It's offensive. It's offensive. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's offensive. But some of the ones I have on here, so just to kind of tease you guys, one of the ones is uh blood raven's egg is there a dragon egg up there in that cave so that's one of the ones we're going to be talking about too which what's we'll to, what's we'll come back and talk a little about cold hands because what's the deal with that how what about that dragon egg that's a good question that's a good question so we'll talk about that next week so with that guys as always thank you for watching thank you for listening we'll be back again with part five of and the finale of our a night of the seven Kingdoms iceberg. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe,
1: like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com or
0: com. We'll see you next time. And remember that winter is coming.